Um, if this is your first Sunday here, I just want to let you know ahead of time that today is going to be a little different. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some things that um, might not be so common this time of year. Now, this, this time of year is full of joy and anticipation and celebration and gathering the family around the table. And sometimes that can be pretty hard when there's family that's no longer around the table. For the last couple weeks, we've been looking at a table and looking at the story of Jesus's birth and the people who were around his table. And we looked at crazy Uncle Simeon and not uncle to Jesus, but maybe resembles someone in our family that might be that crazy uncle or grandpa Zachariah. And again, not Jesus's grandfather, but someone who might be a grandfather figure to us and As we look at the table, there might be an empty chair this year. There might be an empty chair of someone that we have lost, of someone who was near and dear to our hearts, who we're going to miss deeply and is not going to be here. Um, Maybe it was a spouse or a parent or a child. Maybe there were expectations of having an extra seat with the birth of a child, and now that's not going to happen. Maybe they haven't passed away, but there's been an argument or discussion, something that has put a lot of distance and now calls go unreturned and letters come back, returned to sender, and they're not going to be around the table either this year. 2020 was a hard year for many people, but 2022, I think, has hit our church family more than any other year that, that I've been around lately, at least. We lost a longtime member and elder in Wayne Kirby. We we lost a prayer warrior in Jenny Baltazer. And I know many of you personally have lost people that you have been really close to, and they may not have been associated with the church, but I know that we've lost grandparents, and we've lost siblings, and we've lost people who are close to us this year. I lost a grandfather. My wife lost a dad. It's been a hard year. And as much as we look at the birth story of Jesus and we see joy and we see celebration, we also see a lot of hurt and heartbreak also. A couple years after the birth of Jesus, there were wise men who were coming through and they wanted to celebrate and rejoice and see this king who's been born. And they get close and Herod finds out that they're here to to worship a king. And Herod does not like the idea of someone rising up and threatening his kingdom. And so he orders this decree that all children, two and younger, be killed in Bethlehem. And Matthew quotes that this was prophesied about by the prophet Jeremiah. In Matthew 2.18, a voice was heard in Ramah weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. This is not a popular story in the birth story of Jesus. Because Jesus does bring joy. But there's also this recognition that this time of year is full of hurt and heartbreak. And can be hard in many ways. And so this morning, all I want to do is I want to allow some space for that. I want to allow some space for what's hard and the people that we're going to miss this time of year. 
And as we look at Scripture, what I want to do is see God's response to our hurt and our heartbreak that we're experiencing. And I believe that God's response is actually seen in the birth of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, as Joseph finds out that his fiance is with child and she's a virgin, so he's not really sure how this has happened, at least so he's been told. An angel appears to him and shares a prophecy from Isaiah. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God's response to our hurt and our pain was to come down himself, was to be with us. Because in times of grief, in times of sorrow and heartbreak, God shows up. God shows up. He, he comes to be with us. He comes to be present with us. As we grieve and as we cry, as we miss people who there's going to be an empty chair for this year. He comes to be with us. And I know this is hard. I know that saying this doesn't magically make everything better. But we do serve a God who shows up, who is here with us. We serve a God who didn't stay in heaven, but came to earth and feels the things that we feel. He was tempted in the ways that we are tempted. He felt betrayal. He felt loss. He, he felt grief as we feel grief. He, he experienced these feelings and emotions as we do. So many times throughout the text, we see in Jesus's ministry, that there was someone who, who was sick and about to die, and before Jesus gets there, they, they pass. And Jesus has this way of, of saying not to worry about it. I'm going to bring it back. He said, oh, they're, they're not dead. They're just asleep. They're just asleep. But there's one time that he doesn't say that with the passing of his good friend, Lazarus. And Lazarus Jesus gets there, and, and Lazarus has passed, and he doesn't say he's just asleep. Instead, we see the shortest verse in the New Testament. We see Jesus weeps. We saw him weep. And there's a, there's a lot of thought about why did Jesus weep? What, what was it that, that he was weeping for? And, and some think that, well, maybe Lazarus was in heaven and Jesus is weeping because he's going to bring him back to earth. But in the very next verse, John eleven thirty six. so the Jews said, see how he loved him. This wasn't a grieving because he's going to miss out on heaven. This was a grieving because Jesus' heart was broken. He lost a friend. He lost someone he was close to. He loved him deeply. And his response to grief is to show up for us, is to be there, to go be with Mary and Martha as they lost their brother is to go to the home of people who have a servant or a daughter or a son who, who's sick and on the brink of death. His response consistently is to go be with people, is to be with us. In Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And as we're in the midst of grief, as we've, as we've lost someone who's near and dear to us, uh, there, there's not, it doesn't feel like a blessing, does it? 
It doesn't feel like a blessing at all. In fact, what it feels more like is when Jesus is on the cross and he cries out to God, Abba, Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where, where are you? Why have you left me? Why have you betrayed me? Why, why is all this happening? And then we just we want to ask the question, why? He's been there. He knows what that feels like. God has come to be with us. Blessed are those who mourn, not because it's a great feeling to mourn, but because they will be comforted. Because who will be doing the comforting is God himself. Blessed are those who mourn, because God himself will comfort you. We read of this so many places in the Old Testament. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalm 119, 76, let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. It's God himself who will comfort us when we're hurting and comfort us when we're grieving. In the New Testament, the, the word here uh, for help in, in Matthew 5, 4 is paraclete. It's the root of that word. It's all throughout the New Testament to refer to a helper or to comfort or to comforter. And it's the same word used here in John chapter 14, verse 16. And in John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete to be with you forever. Referring to the Spirit, God's Spirit, who when Jesus died, when he ascended into heaven, resurrected, he ascended into heaven, the Spirit of God came down to be with his people. And it's amazing when we look throughout the Old Testament and we see God with his people in such real ways. We see God in a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. We see God with Moses as he parts the Red Sea. And and we see God doing all these amazing things. But he's not in and with his people the way he is today. He's not in and with his people the way he is with with me and with you and with anybody who calls on the name of the Lord. There is a with that is unique and amazing and comforting and helpful and helps when we are grieving and mourning. You guys hear that buzzing? You hear a buzzing? Am I the only one who hears that? You, you guys hear that? Somebody here. You have bad hearing anyway. We're, we're, not, we're not going off your hearing. <laughs> there, there's a buzz. The lights and, and everything up here, they're, they're all it's stuff way over my head. Eric tried explaining it to me one time. I don't get it. But there's, there's a buzz that sometimes is here. And if you listen carefully, you can hear it. Maybe you heard it on your way in, but my guess is that the music drowned it out. My guess is that as we've been talking and memories and thoughts and feelings have been been welling up inside, that it's not been the thing that you've been focusing on. And in the same way, the Spirit of God is with us. 
And the noise of this world drowns him out. The way our mind takes us off on different directions derails us from what the Spirit has to say to us and and the feeling of the Spirit with us. And and there is so much happening that is so easy in this world and in this life to be distracted and to forget that the Spirit of God is with us. To miss God's spirit, the spirit of God in our life, in our soul, and in our spirit. And when we miss it, when we forget it, and God doesn't seem to feel so close, does he? It doesn't seem like he's around. It doesn't seem like he cares at all. And it, it hurts. God's response to our grief and our hurt is to show up. It's to be with us, to be with his people. And he's here for you right now. So what should our response be? If you have an empty chair around your table this year, can I just encourage you to grieve? Grieve. However you need to grieve, whatever that looks like, cry. Guys, I'm talking to you too. Cry. Have a good cry. No one has to see it if you don't want them to see it. But cry. Be angry. Be in denial. Go through the stages of grief. Be in that place. It is amazing. When we stuff that down, when we forget about it, our body physically reacts to that. And it's not good. We need to grieve however we grieve. It's a process, and we need to sit in that and be in that place for as long as it takes. And we need to grieve. You need to say no to some things this time of year. No to some extra things. No to, to whatever you need to say no to. Your process of grieving is going to look different than the person next to you. But it's important that you be in that. This time of year, there's so many extra things that we can do. Great, well-meaning people try to distract us and keep our calendars full and our schedules full. but, But sometimes we just need to sit in that and we need to say no to some things. Maybe you've had an empty seat around the table for some time. And if you have, then you know that that grief and that, those moments around the Christmas tree and around the Christmas table this, this season, they, they never go away completely. It still hurts. It may have been 10 or 20 years ago, but it, but it still hurts. But our ability to cope and to live and to still have a smile from here, to he, from here, here and there we start to get a little bit more of that every year and every passing season with more time. So it's not that you ever get past it. It's not that you ever move beyond it, but we learn how to live with it. And if you're in that place right now, then you have the amazing ability to be the hands and feet of Jesus and show up. So many times we get to... We get to be how other people see Jesus. We get to encourage people in their faith and, and push them in, in their faith. And, 
And when people look at us, hopefully they see Jesus and they're encouraged and they can grow in their faith. And, and the same thing happens with showing up and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We have this amazing ability to comfort others because God has comforted us. We get to show up. And if I could just maybe throw out a couple things. If, um, if you've lost a spouse or a parent or a child and you know someone else who is in a similar place, uh, don't tell them you know how they feel. People are different. Relationships are different. You don't have to tell them that for in the back of your mind to go back to that place and feel that grief and feel that sadness that you experience and say, wow, I can't imagine what they're going through and how hard this season must be because I've been there. I know it. So I'm just going to show up. Let me make a suggestion of what showing up can look like. Showing up can look like writing a card and sending it in the mail. Cards can be powerful. Uh, showing up can look like um, doing something in memory or in honor of the person who's passed. Showing up can be dropping off food or a gift card or a card and just saying, hey, I was thinking of you. The way I like to do this so people don't feel obligated to invite me in or anything is I like to just call them and say, hey, I'm out running some errands and I'm going to drop something off on your porch and just let you know that I'm thinking of you this time of year. No obligation, letting them, I'm just, I'm doing other things, I'm thinking of them, I'm, I'm going to drop something off, and if they insist on me coming in and spending time with them, then none of those errands are important, it's that moment right there, and I'll get to those on another day, but I'll go in and spend as much time as I need. We just need to show up for people. That's what church is all about, right? It's not about coming and sitting in seats or pews and singing some songs, listening to a monologue up here by some guy. Like that. That's not what church is about. Church is about community and being there for each other and supporting each other. And there's amazing opportunities right now as people are hurting and grieving. And there is a lot of joy this holiday season. There's also a lot of grief. We pause every week to remember the man who died on this cross, who was born literally with the purpose to display God to us and then go to a cross to die. And he tasted death so that we could taste life. He tasted death so that those that we've lost before, who, who, who have already passed, who have put their faith in Jesus, can taste life. And we put our faith and our hope in that truth. Put our faith and our hope in that what, what this world has to offer is nothing compared to the glory of heaven. And some people get to be there a little earlier than we do. And one day, one day we'll get to join them. 
One day for all of us who put our faith and our hope in Jesus, we'll, we'll get to join them. And there will be people whose hearts are broken when that happens. And we're going to hope that there's a community. We're going to pray that there's a community around them to support them and to show up and to be there for them. So we get to do that for each other now. We're going to pause in this moment. And we're going to have communion as a church family together to remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The one who tasted death so that we could all have life. And we're going to pause because it's so important. After a couple moments of having communion, I'm going to come back and we're going to have a time where we pray for each other who might be grieving in this season. And our elders are going to walk around and pray for people. And I'm going to be up here if you'd like prayer. And, and I just want to encourage you to pray for other people because another way that we support others this time of year is not just to say, hey, I'm praying for you but to go and pray with people, to show up and lift them up before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But we're going to start by remembering the one who gave his life, who did no wrong, who deserved no death, so that we could have life in him. If you didn't grab communion on your way in, I want to encourage you to do that in this moment. Church Online, I want to encourage you to take communion with us during this time. Father God, we come before you and we are so grateful for your presence and your spirit that is with us, that is comforting us, that is helping us, that is there for us to lay our burdens, to lay our grief to lay our hurt on because you, God, are big enough to take it. You can take our anger. You can take our disappointment, God. You can take and handle it all because you know what this is like and you know what this feels like. And so, God, we say thank you for putting yourself in our shoes, for being a man and experiencing what we experience for tasting death so that we could taste life. And in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.